0: Men. Well, you may be seated. It's great to have you with us. It's uh, it's a funny time of year for me. July. I hate the weather, for a start. Like I'm over it. The moment this weather starts, I'm over it. Um. And uh. uh but you know, it just there's a bit of funk going on. You know, grumpiness, sickness, confusion, and. And that's really why I really don't like the middle of the year. I don't know why. It's just a pattern, and I'm trying to break it, but um, I'm not doing so well at the moment. But anyway, um, I want to talk to you about some family stuff today. Um, yeah, we are excited to be going away as a family. It's uh, it's not something we do often now, because of, well, when your kids get bigger, it just doesn't get as easy when they're working and studying, so... Uh, Looking forward to it, and we're going to sunshine, so I'm happy about that, I'm happy about that. So when I come back with my tan, you can all uh, be pleased for me. (laughs) um, I want to share some stuff with you today. It's going to be mostly practical, family stuff. Um, We've got this theme in, in our conversations, anyway, amongst staff, and Jamie shared it this morning in the prayer meeting, which, just advert. You're welcome to come at 9:30 and pray with us before the service. It's a it's an amazing time of just really setting ourselves before God before the service even begins. So, advert over. In the prayer meeting this morning at 9:30, Jamie was just sharing with those that were there about this theme we've got about we're, we're as a church we're on a journey and it's it's very much likened to Israel uh, leaving Egypt, coming out of bondage, and heading towards the promise. And the journey is the the bit between the breakthrough and the realization of the promise, but even when you get to the promised land, there are still battles to occupy the promise. Um, Night schools had that theme. I spoke about it on Wednesday night, just uh, some of the aspects we can learn from the journey of the people uh, that will help us to do the journey well from breakthrough to promise. Uh, For the next four weeks, we've planned a speaking series, uh, which is pretty much from breakthrough to promise, the journey toward promise. And Next week, Jamie will speak, and then Ash, and then Kathy, and then myself. We're just going to focus on it for four weeks. Uh, journey is a journey. It's not always easy. It has good moments and bad moments. And I want to speak about our journey today. But before I do, before I start showing you uh, or re-showing you some things that I've shared before, I, just, I really felt to start this morning uh, with a sincere apology. And... Um, you know, I've said this before and I, I, I've got to keep checking myself because uh, I, I have said this, you know, that we're on a journey and, and I don't want to run ahead because uh, the, the leader that has no one following is just really some guy on a walk in the bush <laughs> by himself. And that's not what we want. And, and the nature of me and the things that I do and the, I suppose the gift that God's given me is that I'm constantly living in the vision which I'm going to share this morning, I'm living in the future, and the risk with that is that I forget that you're not all there. And so my sincere apology this morning begins with me saying, I'm sorry uh, about uh, perhaps running on to a head and not coming back to check if you're okay. Praise God, we have people like Jamie and Kathy that like to do that, Um, and I'll talk about that this morning, you know, team is what we need. But, but, you know, like when God called me here, he called Phil strong as he was in the gifts he gave him, you know, and, and I didn't choose that, you didn't choose that, none of us choose the leaders out of position, but, you know, you get what you get, and uh, we're trying to work within that, and there's some honest stuff I'll share with you this morning about that journey, but, but uh, from the bottom of my heart, you know, sorry for being me, uh, in, the, in the nicest way. I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for sympathy. Don't come and rub my back and say it's okay. Uh, I'm genuinely saying this is how I am, and that comes with the good and the bad, the strengths and the weaknesses. And, and um, today is about acknowledging that, um, but resting in what God's already said and helping us all to stay on the journey connected with each other. All right? So, so that's what today's about. I, if you saw the stuff on um, Facebook, um, I've called today's message, Who, What, Why? I want to talk about who we are so that we all understand what I mean when I say we're a family. And I want to talk about what it is that we're focused on. I want to talk about um, the, the mission and the vision that God's given us as a local church, connected with many other local churches and also part of a town. We're not an island. You know, we're intentionally connected with others um, that we would be strong together, all right? And I'll talk about why, I want to just um, show you a few things about why we need to think like this, and, and, and really, honestly, I'm going to talk about how we could potentially sabotage the mission. Um, God's got some stuff that he's, he said, I'm going to share with that at the end, and then the goal is that uh, we feel connected and in unity. It's really God's heart for this morning, as I was praying, coming on Sundays, Um, intentional in what God's asked me to achieve on a Sunday, and today it is that we would feel like we're family, we would feel connected, and that we would be unified in what God's saying. So that's that's my goal for today. Uh, Let me start with this. Um, One of the things that pleases me as I visit people in their homes is I see this on their fridge. Uh, This is called our value statement. These are our values, and uh, I will make these slides available for you via the app, where you get access to the podcast. If that doesn't work for you, come and see Shireen in the office. There are some of these in our information stations. Um, But these have been our values for quite a while. We're a family who gather together in God's presence, live together in His love and share in His truth. So those four key words are our values. Values are what guides us and shapes us. If you're part of a family at home, you have family values, whether you know it or not. For many, many years, 20 years, I've been teaching financial seminars, and I teach people have financial values, whether they know it or not, and their values are what drives their behavior. Values drive the choices you make, the way that you live together, and I suppose how you stay in line together. Families break up when values become different. Businesses don't work well when people aren't aligned with the values. You know, think of a, a value in a customer service center where you want to be focused on the customer and always thinking about solutions for their needs. If you don't own that and you're on the phone talking to a customer, you're out of sync with the purpose of your role and, and the area that you work in. In a family, values are, are critical. You know, we might all have varying ways that we understand those words but the words nonetheless are our values. We're a family, and we've been speaking all about family this year. Um, does it feel like family for you? Well, only you can judge that. But how you feel is what you see. So if you're saying, well, I don't see family, I don't feel family, then I challenge you to check why, and maybe I'm part of that solution, but perhaps you are too. Uh, we, gotta, we talk about God's presence. You'll, we don't apologize for lingering in worship or in prayer. You know, you might be looking around going, well, what are we doing? Well, we're waiting for God. Don't watch me. Watch him. Because he's just as likely to speak to you as he is to me. You know, And, and, and so that's who we are. And we're not trying to be anything special. We just know that if we're not led by God, then what's the point? Last week we had an amazing encounter time as the band played for quite a long time, thank you to the band from last week, but there was, there was just such a presence of God here and people being ministered to by God that I didn't want to stop it, and so we make no apologies for lingering in God's presence, and, and if that's new to you or you're not comfortable in that, then you know, by all means come and chat to one of us, Jamie or Kathy or myself, but, but also don't be distracted by what's around you, focus on him, even if you just shut your eyes and say, God, is there something you'd say to me today? That could be the start for you of connecting with his presence in a greater way. Uh, We live together in love. Love drives everything. Um, What does love look like? It looks like Jesus. What would Jesus do? Well, that's how we try and operate. When we talk about decisions we make, when we talk about um, discipline and correction that we sometimes bring, when we talk about planning, love's the motive. Now, that's a a massive thing to say. It's not so easy to live. And I'm not saying we're perfect. We are trying to work it out. And everything I'm sharing this morning, let me just say this, this is not perfect. It stopped being perfect the moment I walked in, it stopped being perfect the moment you walked in, so let's just get over that and learn this together, all right? We are literally making this up as we go, as God grows us stronger. Finally, we share in his truth, um, one of the hard things for me about preparing this morning is that it's not based on scripture. I'm adamant that when we come together, I want to teach the word of God. Everything we do is based on the word of God. The Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written down by men, but His Word. And so we're not really going to do a bunch of teaching today, um, but everything we do is centered on His Word. We value the Bible as a church. We value growing disciples who value the Word. Everything we teach is around that. Uh, So those are our four values. The next slide is um, called a culture statement. And the Lord just said to me one night, I was, I was trying to go to sleep, and he's annoying me, like, oh, come on, like, I'm tired. And I just couldn't sleep, and I had to get up and note these down on my phone. And, and God said to me, culture is lived in an expression of who you are. And, and so these seven statements, if you like, kind of define how we try to live. We're a family, obviously. We love without conditions, because that's what Jesus did. We like to live in sacrificial service like Jesus did. We want to look at our circumstances from heaven's perspective, like Jesus did. He always said, I only do what I see the Father doing. We want to speak life and not death. We want, to, we want to have words of hope, and that's why the Bible is so important to us. We want to affirm, we want to build, we want to have a creative element to what we do. That's why the gift of prophecy is so valuable to us as an apostolic church, because we believe prophecy is God speaking through someone at a moment, in a time, for a purpose. Wisdom helps us to learn what that is and how to steward it well, but still, that's why we value what God says so highly. A lot of my planning and prayer actually flows out of um, confirmed prophetic words that have been weighted, weighed and measured by the elders and accepted. And a lot of the stuff you're gonna now see, again, as strategy for our church, has flown out of what we believe God said through a prophetic word in the history of this church, and some of it before I write. Uh, Spiritual authority is actually all about you standing in what Jesus has already done for you. We're not making stuff up. We're not trying to win battles uh, in our strength. We're winning them in the strength and the promise that Jesus had the victory, which is now ours by our adoption into his family. We can take authority over our circumstances. We can take authority over ourselves spiritual authority is uh, not about running around with a stick and beating people, because that's not what Jesus did, but it's about standing confident in what the Father says about you. And finally, personal spiritual growth, one of, I suppose, my um, bents or my preferences is, um, as someone who's worked in adult education for most of my working life is around growing people stronger. Discipleship is something that's big here, and um, you're going to hear about that in a minute. So these two first slides, again, um, uh, put them on your fridge or talk to your kids about them or just tuck them in your Bible so that you read them occasionally because this is who we are and this really does shape us as being unified when we all come together under these headings. Uh, The next slide is what we would call our mission. So an organization has a mission, a reason why it exists. And in the top there, activating community transformation, we believe that's our mission. Everything that we do is on mission. Now, that works in Tiamulu, but it works in any community. Some of the stuff that I shared with you last week is about activating community transformation in India and Indonesia, the two areas that God's got us focused on at the moment. So, so I hope you hear today that some of the things that we're working on are not outside what God's asked us to do. We're actually flowing in line with our mission. We're flowing in line with what God's commissioned us to do, and we're just trying to work it out as we go. Uh, With regards to community transformation, there are three parts to that you can see, church, social, and enterprise. And I wrote some statements for each one of those. We'll start at the bottom. Enterprise is is saying something that we're about to release purpose. That's what we're about. As kingdom citizens, we're challenged to release purpose by creating and sustaining healthy God-fearing enterprise. What I want, I think what God's asking us to do, is to build a church that actually has other forms of income. strengthen us financially and empower us to be able to reach further with what we have. Now, we're well, well, well back on the starting line on this one. But we have tried to buy businesses locally. We have tried to buy property locally for the purpose of developing it to make profit. Nothing's come across the line yet. Uh, We're doing this very carefully under the advisement of some very wise people. The elders are part of that decision process. This is not just Phil running off doing what he feels like not happening yet but it is part of our future and only God will determine the timing for that. Because if I try and force that door open out of stubbornness we'll implode. We'll fall over and then we'll be meeting in the park under a tree with an umbrella. I say that jokingly but I take it extremely seriously. Please don't, please don't think that we're just cavalier in what we're doing. Certainly not. There's a rich heritage here that we must honour and protect and build on. Social is about generating hope. Uh, with regards to that, as ministry, we're charged to generate hope by lifting people above circumstances and elevating them for their lives. The predominant way that we achieve this is through our community trust, Rosetown Community Services Trust. It's wildly exciting what's happening in that trust at the moment. We have had a counselling centre for many, many years. In addition to that, we've had a programme at Te Primary School, Davina launched that. She came to us as one of the head teachers saying, can you please help us with the kids? And we went, oh, okay. And for 18 months, we've helped a lot of kids who struggle coming to school because of circumstances at home. is pretty passionate about that. You only got to get within five meters of her and you catch it. And I encourage you to, because there's more to be done. We've just um, launched our youth mentoring program with our government contract there's a couple of people involved in that. We have, if you missed the announcement because you weren't here, we have a youth centre in Rickett Road that's being set up for youth mentoring programmes. The success of that is measured by the ability for these currently young boys, but it does include um, young girls, but currently the young boys are in trouble with the police getting through the programme successfully. And We had our first graduation this week. There's all sorts of things. Loving Arms is under the social side of things. Um, Stitch for Love with Krista's under that. There's other things we're working on. I don't have time to tell you all about it now, but I will find a way to keep you up to date. There are other things that we do locally as part of local missions that we're working on. Um, uh, with Kathy Strong and the family, like Christmas is a big deal. Uh, we have Triaamudu. Um We've got a possibility that... Um, we might um, take over running the local Christmas parade. Imagine if that was full with Jesus. But I'll tell you what, I can't do that on my own. So all these good ideas will only happen if people get off their seat and put their shoulder to the plow. Because good ideas are awesome on paper, but they're useless without resource, without energy, without... Horsepower. Uh, The church, Uh, church is about us and gathering as a family, as a body of Christ. We're called and empowered to make Jesus known through relationship service. I want to drill down under that today. And what we wrote uh, as a group of leaders is a vision. So the vision for us in this current season we're in is in the box on the screen. Our goal, our vision, our dream is to reach a thousand people each week with the message of God's truth. Now, just look around the room and do a quick head count. We're not there yet. We're reaching more people than that are here because we have a podcast channel that people listen to every week. So we're reaching a few more than you can see today. But I mean, that's big and scary and I'm like, well, that's what God said. Let's see what he says with the how. Currently in the season we're in, there are four strategies to help us to achieve that. Number one, we need to rethink and, and repurpose how we gather together. We need to um, look at media channels as a way to reach more people because that's just current reality with the world we live in. I can access any information I want at any moment on a device um, like this. It's the world we live in. We have to be part of it or we miss out. Uh, Developing people is important because we carry a a, a DNA, a a history and discipleship. And finally, uh, it's about growing leaders. What does that look like in, in the top three? Again, I launched this last year, this is not new information, this is on the wall in the meeting rooms that we have here, this is what we live every day of the week, but what I'm realizing is if I don't help you to stay connected with it, then you wonder what the heck we do, or you feel like you're not part of it, and so today is about inclusion, it's about empowerment, it's about unity, it's about being connected with momentum, so let's look at gathering together. We need to impact more people with the message of Jesus by expanding our local church gatherings. If we look at the statistics in our church for the last 20 months, we've kind of stayed the same. Few come new, Few leave and go, with no growth in numbers. Not that numbers is important, but influences. Because to reach 1,000 people a week, we've certainly got to have more than what we see today. So we are considering multiple morning services to give people options on when they can come to church. We're also considering multiple locations and what church looks like because maybe church doesn't look like a big building with an organ at the front. Just thinking it through. But you could expect things to be different next year. And don't be scared by that. if If you're not someone that likes change, then trust is required. And, um, and information. Our media channels. If you have a look up the back, everyone wave to Frances. Hi, Frances. She doesn't like that. Sorry, she gets embarrassed. <laughs> but if you have a look on the screen, you will see that we now have, um, we've got a live stream happening of our services. Now, we're testing this. We're not publishing it. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> this is brand new. But for us to reach beyond the four walls of this building, we have to be in line with what the world is doing. Your kids are already watching stuff on YouTube and via social media and their devices. People, families are accessing stuff, and we want to make sure that we can be part of that. So we're developing and fine-tuning this. This is not perfect yet, but pretty soon you'll be able to live stream the service on YouTube or just grab it on your app. Grab our church app. It's, it's actually been built by media people so that you can watch other, previous messages on here. Okay, it's just part of what we need to do. And the elders are committed to these strategies and have invested in the strategies uh, in faith that we're doing what God's asked us to do. Uh, that requires team, it requires strength, it requires learning new things. You've got to change how we do what we do. I mean, the problem I have is the camera puts like 20 pounds on me. <laughs> but the problem is I go home and the scales do the same thing, so um, maybe there's something else going on there. Um, so, so uh, media. Um, but then thirdly, developing people. You know, this church has a DNA and a promise for discipleship. Far uh, far beyond the time that I started here. Previous to me, there was a, a word that we would be an apostolic training center, equipping and mobilizing and releasing people and the things of God with ministry and teaching and other gifts. And I'm like, well, that's what God promised. Surely that's what we should work on. So, Ashley is leading a project where we're developing a ministry school. An apostolic ministry school where we will equip people in the truth of God being His Word and activating them in the spiritual way that we choose to live as an act- apostolic church. It means living by the Holy Spirit and His power. It means moving in connection with Him and hearing His voice so that you can make decisions every day. It means, it means reaching out and blessing other people with the love that He's given you. So we're uh, currently looking at doing that as an online school so that we're not just restricted to those people that live within 50 kilometers. But we're pretty serious about it because we believe God's asked us to do it. We're also um, pretty um, firm on our current strategy of school of the Spirit once a month. That's your opportunity to come and have extra discipleship. Biblical teaching to activate you, to make you stronger. In regards to this, we've also got this new wave that we're riding because we believe God's created it. And that is in strengthening the local church. So we're heavily investing, you, are heavily investing in the Bible school in Indonesia, and you've been doing that since Andrew Vossen was here. It's not new. But one of the reasons I go to Indonesia is to spend my time teaching and equipping the future leaders of the church in Indonesia, to build them in strength in God's Word. Now, I'm not the only one that does that, but that's one of the things that I do when I'm there, to take the, we a youth conference, I told you, I had 60 youth come, passionate just to connect with God and to be blessed by His Holy Word. We've just been invited into a place where we've been asked to write children's curriculum for children's ministry for a church network in Fiji. Do you know what we said? Yes. Why? Because we can. It doesn't make us any money. It's not why we're doing it. We asked Jesus and he said, yep, you can please do that and I'll bless you. It's not why we're doing it, but we're just confident that he's with us in it. Because we've got the ability to do that. Last week, Ash and Jackson and Haley went to Westside Church in Hamilton to play music for them. Why? Because they use YouTube every week. And when I heard that, I said, well, actually, we're, we're a small church, but we're really we're blessed with musicians. We've got three really, really good teams. Once a month, we could just send a couple of them to do live worship and lead you in the presence of God, like what we have every week. What did we say? Yes. Why? Because we can. So we're committed to making the local church stronger. It means that you don't always get to see everybody every week because we might not be here. We might be out there. But we're committed to developing people. One of the things that's a real risk in walking forward is all this is nice and good. And, and you know, I hope that you do access these and, and pray into them. And even if you don't know what it means, just pray that God gives us wisdom as a team and as the volunteers come under that or whatever's happening to mobilize this, please pray for us. If you want to be part of it or you want to know more, make an appointment and come and ask questions. We don't live in an ivory tower on an island far away from you. We are available for conversation. So please consider this. But one of the risks is you also have the potential to kill vision, every one of us. And... Um, I don't want that, you know, like you think about the journey from Egypt to the promised land took 40 years. Why? Because a generation of people made a mistake. Let's not be like that. One of the ways that we can kill vision is poor information, and I'm owning this one. A couple of people said to me this week, you know, they, that they hadn't been involved or included in the... In the announcements of our eldership team, and I agree, I was really poor at letting you know what was going on there. There was things mentioned during church, but if you're not here that week, you just don't get it. But I'm taking responsibility for this. I'm talking with Eugene about how we can develop a communication program or strategy where everybody has got the opportunity to be included in the information, because we're not doing things in secret but you're not here Monday to Saturday when we're working on it. So this is no one's fault, but the, the goal is to include people. So how do we do that? Communication is key. One of the quotes Eugene shared with me from a book, which name I can't remember, is communicate, communicate, and then over-communicate. And we haven't been doing that, and I'm sorry about that. That's my fault. It's so why I'm running so fast that I just forget to let you know what I'm doing. All right? So we're going to fix that. We're going to try and fix it. Second thing that could kill vision is poor engagement. This is you. Last night, Alina gets a text about kids church with a parent saying, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it tomorrow. That was it. That's not good enough. That keeps happening, then we won't be able to have kids church. Because I'm not putting that on Alina every week. It's not fair. Parents need to be part of the solution. If you're a parent and your kids are out there, get on the roster. You don't have to do it every week. But engagement is cooperation and participation. It's part of it. It's just one example. You know, as we reshift things and we look for volunteers, be part of it. Andy Stanley uh, is um, the lead pastor at North Point Church, North Point Church in, in southern US. They have four measurements for engagement, and uh, I just listened to a leadership podcast recently. So one is attendance, one is giving, one is serving, and one is (laughs) connect group. So you're engaged when you're attending regularly, giving regularly, serving regularly, and regularly attending a connect group, just to giving you an example of another church. We're not quite prepared to be able to say to you that you can do all those tomorrow, but we're working on it. As a point of interest, though, if we just look at this, June 2018, our attendance statistics would tell us that 52% of our church family attended during June. So each week, look around the room, about half our church family come. Now, that's normal. When I talk to my friends who are pastors, you know we're using our church database to measure this. We're updating that only once a year. But it's just a milestone marker, and we're just saying, well, what's going on in the life of our family? We don't have a membership. We don't have a form you fill in. There's no right hand of fellowship and a scar on your on your leg to mark you as um, a member of North End Church. We're not doing that at the moment, but um, <laughs> we'll consider it. <laughs> branding, <laughs> earrings. earrings. <laughs> You can get a haircut like mine. Um, yeah, no, I'm just giving you the stats. This is quantitative data. Another piece of information that uh, my team provided for me is that the number of church families giving in June was 55%. 55% of the people who call this home are giving. So I present this data to the elders, and they had two things. They said to me, "One is, well, quantitative data is you know got to be looked at as facts and figures. So this is the facts." What they also said was that means that 45% of the church family are not giving. This is not a teaching series on finance, but perhaps the Bible would be a good place to start for you to think about what God's asking you to be doing as part of a church family. There is a, there, there a bunch of teaching resource that I have prepared for our church on giving, There is a booklet called Generosity, which the elders asked me to write two years ago. It's available in our information centre. It's got the key principles that we believe around financial stewardship and generosity. If you've got questions about it, make an appointment. Come and ask. But the point the elders make with regards to quantitative and qualitative data was that the facts (coughs) and figures say one thing, but the point of the qualitative interpretation is to ask this What's the heart behind that statistic? What's the heart position for those that are giving and for those that are not? And I'm not going to answer that question, because I can't. But it's one of the statistics that measure engagement. Just so you know, um, the vision that we have includes a budget that we try and live by with plans, and the elders have signed it off, and it is a vision budget. For us to achieve what God's asked us to do, we set a budget in place year to date, we are currently sitting at 81% of budget. That means we're 19% behind where we plan to be. Now, we're not alarmed by that. I checked with the boss, and Jesus said, well, this is how cool he is. I was reflecting on this this morning. So I go home, and I'm like, I've got the stats, and I'm like, oh, well, they don't lie. Maybe we need to change some stuff. And I took it into my prayer time, and God is amazing. So he takes me in the Bible to the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You read that before? And he takes it to me in John's gospel. And there's a guy who says, Jesus, how are we gonna feed all these people? Do you know which disciple that was? Which disciple was it? It was Philip. Mic drop. (laughs) Like, how precise is Jesus in encouraging me? So I'm not concerned yet. Because Jesus was asking Philip the question not because he knew Philip knew the answer, but because he wanted to test Philip to see if Philip would look to Jesus as the provider. If we get three more months down the track and we're at 71%, We will be making changes because that's wisdom and stewardship. But everything is connected. (coughs) Reality affects the future. The third part that kills vision is poor conduct. It's behavior. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded that we're having this conversation again. Because at the beginning of the year, we had a time where we walked through dealing with gossip. We stood together as a family and we prayed some certain prayers and we we repented and we asked God to help. So I'm not going to go over that again. But let me give you a different example. Let's talk about pornography. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and assume that most of you don't go home on Sunday afternoon and sit down with a cup of tea or a glass of wine and watch some explicit sex tape. I'm just going to assume that. But pornography doesn't start like that. You know, it starts with a TV program that includes certain scenes that are just wrong. TV's like that now. But you watch it, you go, it's just a TV show. And I quite like the characters and the story's really engaging and I don't want to miss out. You know what you're doing? In that example, you're opening the door to pornography. And you know what the devil does? He puts his foot in the door. And you're actually giving him access to beat you up with temptation every day of the week. And he will. He'll fire arrows at you. You'll see stuff online you shouldn't, or you'll click something that you probably wouldn't. Why? Because he's got his foot in the door. And that kind of thing does progress. And it does consume, and it does overwhelm, and it does ruin families. (coughs) And it might not lead to physical experience as a byproduct of the pornography, but... The worst kind of effect is the internal one, fantasy, the internal dream world that's created. Why? Because the door got opened and the devil got his foot in it. See, the problem with gossip is it's just a conversation. We were just talking about stuff. We were asking questions. We didn't know, so we thought we would guess at what's happening. And the devil puts his foot in the door. And the risk is, it attacks and affects the whole family. we've been praying about this, and I've worked with the intercessors on it, and two of them came to me independently and said, if this door stays open, it will open the door to a lying spirit, which will come in and kill from the inside out. That's a warning for me. So let's not partner with it. If you walk into the kitchen or an office or you're here and someone's, you know, gossiping, I'm giving you permission to say, hey, that doesn't sound constructive for our family. It doesn't sound like it's building the family. But let them choose what they do with it. Don't tell them what to do. But call it out for what it is. Because it starts innocent, it starts small, but the, <laughs> devil, the devil doesn't care how it starts. let's just check on this, because we, we need to ask God about this. And, and I was, you know, you might look at me, and I might look strong and confident, and nothing affects me. But I do go home and cry into my pillow. You can sigh, go, oh, everyone, come on. Yeah, thank you. I feel you love. But I did, I took, I, had, I took it home, because we wrestle with this, we don't we're not like attacking people. I've always said to you, we don't attack person, we attack the spirit behind the behavior. And I take it home in prayer and I wrestle with it in the early hours of the morning. And I get up because I've got to be at a 7 a.m. meeting. And I hop out of the shower, and God says three words to me He says, Moses, people, desert. That's what he says. And I'm like tidying myself up and putting on my makeup and getting ready to go to my meeting. And I'm like, oh, I haven't got time to sort this out. So I go. And the later in the day, I come back and I say, well, what was that? Because that was an answer. But what does it mean? And so God says, well, have a look, Exodus 18. So I did. And the reference is the Exodus 18, 13 through 30 23. You can read the story later. Please do. But Moses is having a hard time. And he gets a visit from his father-in-law, Jethro. And Jethro says, oh, you egg. Why are you doing all the work? You're wearing yourself out. You're going to kill yourself because you're waiting here all day and the people are trying to come to you as the only person that can help them. Jethro says, don't do that. That's not wise. Why don't you establish around you a leadership structure of the the tens, the fifties, the hundreds, and the thousands, and empower people to help others? I was like, well, that's a good idea. So what that means for us is my job is to build a team who can lead. So that this week, when I'm away, Jamie's here. And you don't need to be worried. But not just Jamie, because there's a team, you know? (coughs) But the point is, this is not one of those churches where everything hangs off one person. I am not trying to build a platform to be a superstar where I'm the only place that people can come for help. It's just not going to work. Plus, there are better people at some things than me. People better at some things. You know? we just got to empower them in that. So the people, uh, God took me to Exodus 32, verse 1. And this is kind of a little bit uh, funny, so I will look it up. These are for you. Like I said, I wasn't going to teach today. I'm just giving you reference. Moses is up the mountain, hanging out with God. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here for the land of Egypt. So literally, Moses, their leader, their esteemed leader who has empowered others to lead the people through the desert is with God and the people just get frustrated. And what God said is we, we must not partner with wrong spirits. One of the messages over the coming weeks will be about this where the people took all the plunder, all the gold that Egypt gave them and they melted it down and they made a golden calf. And they worshipped it. These are the people who watched God part the Red Sea. These are the people who watched God bring water from a rock. These are the people who watched as you know manna and quail arrives every day, six days a week, to feed them and sustain them. These are the people who have watched the fire of the presence of God guide them. And in a moment of stupidity, they melt their earrings and worship them. So, you know, partnering with wrong spirits, what does that look like? Partnering with a lying spirit. (laughs) Also looks like partnering with a spirit of stupid. Fear. Fear is real. That word that brought this morning is, is real. And I'm not condemning people for suffering under fear. What I'm saying is we have the authority to move out from under it. You know, sickness, bowels. At the name of Jesus, bondage is already ours to, to release, to, to free, be free from, to walk into. It's what the Bible teaches us. But partnering or going back to the old ways, you know? The people in the, in the desert were like, oh, you know, it's not very comfortable out here. Let's go back to Egypt where at least we had stew. Hello? They were slaves. So, so the point is, don't partner with wrong spirits. And lastly, in the desert, Numbers. Numbers chapter 9. Verse 15 to 17. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud of God's presence covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire, like a vertical fire going up into the sky. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud covered the tabernacle, had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. Wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. What does that mean for us? We should should follow God. We should follow the cloud. What God says, we should do. You know, we are literally, as leaders of the church, as elders and the lead lead team I talk about, you know, there's um, Kathy and I as senior leaders, Jamie, um, Eugene and Ash, we gather together. That's the lead team. You know, they're on staff, part-time, full-time, whatever. We're doing stuff. But it's all about following what God says. And we should be following God, what God says. As the people of God, we gather together in unity and we move through the desert as we follow the cloud. That's the whole point. If I could get the band to come and join me, if you just put that last point up there, um, we should follow the Lord always. So, so you know that that it requires all of us to, to follow. It requires all of us to be in that place where we're submitted and yielded to God's leading personally. And as we all do that personally, then corporately we come into a place of unity because He's leading us as a family from Egypt into promise. You know, um, one of the um, reasons why I, I suppose I run so fast and so hard and why I am here, there, and everywhere establishing stuff is I am I am absolutely crystal clear and convinced that the vision God's given us is for this season, for this church, and it's not dependent on me. I'm sold out for it. I'm doing everything I can to serve it. I'm giving everything I've got for the vision of this church for as long as I'm here. And I'm not saying that because I'm leaving. I'm saying that because God's the one that ordains the season. And in a moment, if I become the wrong man for the job, he'll replace me. I'm I'm well aware of that. You've got to read the story of King Saul. You take that seriously once you read that story. Because I'm just a man trying to do what God called him to do. But I'm convinced that this is the vision and the journey God's got us on. That's why I'm giving everything I can to it. That's why I go where I go to connect with the people I connect with because that's my strength. I'm a connector, I'm a builder. I'm establishing connections that God will bring fruit from when he decides to. We just have the last slide, Stu. My remote seems to have stopped working. Just push the space bar. This is what God said to me for the end of today. Push it again. This is what God says. The fruit you are searching for will come in this family as you yield to the Holy Spirit. It's a posture. It's a lifestyle choice. It's not a one-time thing. I'm not talking about a prayer you say to buy a bus ticket to heaven and hope life goes well for you. I'm talking about a daily discipline to get before God and say, God, not my will but yours. To say, Holy Spirit, you be the boss. You lead me. Would you be Lord of my life and direct my every moment? Would you tell me how to live my life professionally at work? Would you tell me how to live my life as a, as a parent or as a, a member of a family? Would you tell me how to operate and steward my finances? Would you tell me how to worship As part of a church family, yielding to the Holy Spirit means He is Lord. We're going to finish today with just a moment for you to do that, for all of us to do it. And I'd love, I I, I like to do this all the time, during the week. I don't know what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, put some music on, yield myself to the Holy Spirit. The choice I make, often and always. So, Why don't you stand? Lord, we're asking you to come and to minister to us as only you can. God, it's you that sees our heart. It's you that sees our needs. It's you that sees truly how we are postured before you. God, today we choose again to posture ourselves in submission and surrender before you. As we sing this song, Lord, may it be a prayer on our lips that you can have it all. That you are the almighty God that leads us in life. Help us to say yes to you. Help us to choose to surrender daily. Help us to honor you in every aspect of our lives. God, I humbly thank you for the vision. I thank you for the journey. And I thank you for the family that you've called together to walk this journey. Lord, I ask that you would continue to bind us with your love that brings us together as family, that we may walk toward the promise with you alongside us. You're leading us. Come, Holy Spirit.